Alex Rivera. Rivera. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Dr. Gold. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, good to see you. Nice to see you. I feel like I've probably never had an actual conversation with you before. Probably not. We are always on the fly, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I'm doing this thing, man. It's like DJs are too busy, and we actually have an interesting story to tell, I believe. I think that music is music matters. Good music matters. It's, um, and, uh, you know, I want to hear these stories. Oh, for sure. I'm trying to unpack them. All right, cheers. <laughs> All right, man. Tell me your story. All right, so I am a Brooklyn-born DJ, the son of a DJ as well. <laughs> so, like Dap. Yeah, like New York literally DJ, like that. Yeah, son of a DJ. Right. <laughs> Amazing. We're we're infiltrating Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we needed it, man. Um, you know, Pittsburgh could use some uh, uh, fresh blood. That's for sure. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, so I've been here since um, 2013, September, so I'm coming up on my 10 years pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I started DJing in college, though, in 2011, September 2011. Didn't really take from my dad because, like, he, he not to, you know, make fun of him or anything, but he wasn't the best teacher, and I just kind of, like, you know, pushed it to the side till I went to college. Then I went and I realized that all these parties had no DJ, like at all. I was like, I have to do something about that. I, I can't know what I know and not DJ. <laughs> and that's how I started. That's dope. I like that. The, um, what was the music that your dad was playing or that um, you were hearing in your house? Uh, my dad is like, I guess the open format DJ from back in the day, you know, I would be in the house and he would be like, you know, Spanish music, hip hop, then we're doing freestyle, then we're doing, yeah, like 80s freestyle. Um, just like whatever he could get his hands on. If it, He's like one of those yes or not people. Like, yeah, it's good. No, I don't want to play it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Keep it simple like that. What? Uh, di what were you able to take away? Were you able to take away some records yeah, or some yeah, no, MP3s I, or I, just style I have like a, or nothing? I have like an audiographic memory of all of the records that he ever played. <laughs> it's strange. Like, I mean, if you listen to enough music for so long and that's your focus, that's probably what's going to happen anyways. But like, just like... I wasn't, when I started, I wasn't really good with my hands or anything, but I had such a depth of knowledge towards music that I was able to go, like, carve my way out, you know? Did you ever think about doing anything else? Oh, no. <laughs> I went to IUP for, like, half a year. found out I like DJing more than I like school. <laughs> Dropped out and then just was like, I'm going to DJ. IUP is kind of a strange place to go from Brooklyn, though. Oh, yeah. I went to um, high school in the Poconos. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like a whole other story. Um, I almost got stabbed, like, in school in New York on a public bus, and then my parents were like, we're leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so scary, man. Yeah. So I did high school in the Poconos, and then I graduated and went to IUP, and then I eventually, you know, meandered down to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Where were you all in? Do they still live in, in the city? Oh, my mom still works in New York, but they live in the Poconos. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like like an hour and a half commute each way. And she's been doing that for like a while now. 15 years, maybe. Crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
Yeah. I guess just introduce her to Dr. Gold podcast and you'd be good. Yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> I've been trying to get my mom going for a while, but it's interesting how I can't imagine driving without podcasts anymore. And even, you know, for the last three years, four years, I just imagining a road trip without either movies on. Don't sue me. Um, don't, don't come for me or, you know, podcasts, stories, audio books, whatever. It's like, I can't even imagine it anymore. I just feel like it's a necessity, but I think the, you know, different generations don't quite. Right. Yeah. My mom, she doesn't even drive really. She just takes the bus to New York and just like sleeps because it's like three 30 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Where were you in Brooklyn? What, where, where did you grow up? Um, I'm from Canarsie and then we ended up moving to Staten Island as well. So I've been like traveling along for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Shaolin. Yep. The Verrazano Narrows. Yep. I lived in Borough Park for a hot minute. Nice. Three months, four months. Really, I wasn't, I had my stuff in Borough Park. Uh, that was, yeah. <laughs> that was a rough uh, situation. Couldn't make rent. And my grandma knew this Orthodox Jewish relative, a cousin, cousin Pacey. Um, I'm sure he's dead now. But she knew, she knew him. She gave me his phone number. I showed up and he gave me an apartment for that's free. That's a blessing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's always how it was in our family though, right? It was always about community. Like that was the world that my grandma knew was immigrant life, helping each other out. If you, you know, if you're family, you take care of each other, like whatever you need. That was her, that was her world. Um, I, I feel like I still belong in that world, but the world itself has changed a lot. A lot, yeah. You know, uh, people don't live in, as close to each other as they used to. Yeah, no, with the internet, like a lot of the old things that we knew of kind of like, you know, went out the window tradition was. <laughs> so Interesting. Tell, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the that experience of going to those parties. What was it in college, IUP, yeah. and seeing that the entertainment was lacking no, and then was, making the decision to buy gear or what, what were the steps? Yeah, no, there was like, you know, I'm down there. I see the frat brothers just playing whatever on their iPods at the time. And I was just like, yo, I can't do this. <laughs> like, So I asked my dad and I was like, yo, I actually want to DJ now. Can you please help me? So, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> So he bought me a controller and then I just had to go figure it out on my own at college after that. And I would drag like a hundred pound speaker, like across campus to go, you know, DJ for like 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I always, I always think about the differences now in terms of the startup cost, the initiation fee, the amount of effort it takes, the amount of time it takes to get involved where at one point you had to own a sound system. Oh yeah. Oh my first my first speaker setup. This is hilarious. Oh um, my best friend can attest to this. We rolled up to this party with nine computer speakers, daisy chained, and a guitar amp. That was our first speaker system. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Made it work. Yes. That's I think wild. I have pictures somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> I remember those old, you know, 5.1 computer speaker setups. Yeah, those literally. Like, no, yeah. not even the heavy one. They're, at this point, it was like 2011. They were like compact. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Little clips or, or yeah. Armin Kardon. I don't, I don't mean heavy like that. I mean, like, it was, 
it was an important part of my life. Oh yeah. Time. Yeah. Heavy, uh, like I was, I had the sub too. And that was, I remember my pre-college setup when I went to Carnegie Mellon, my first time living in Pittsburgh and it was, uh, Kanye's college dropout had just came out and I just was listening to it the entire summer long. Uh, some, some, some special, special moments all falls down. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually you made it, I guess, a career. Yes. How, how did you navigate uh, that, that? That was, that was a lot of lost. That's for sure. So, um, I ended up dropping out, like I said, and then I was like, all right, well, how am I going to DJ? Right. <laughs> so I'm in the Poconos. There is nowhere to DJ over there. None. Like you're just doing like, you know, country bars basically. So I went immediately into electronic music and saw that there was this party that was going on around different counties in Pennsylvania. So I ended up hitting up the party on Facebook and was like, yo, I'll do like anything. I will set up speakers like I just want to DJ. Wow. And to this, I went to this man's wedding now that owned the company. Wow. And, yeah. Wow. And he what? let me go DJ 18 years old in front of 3000 people. Wow. It, was it a rave? Or? Yeah. Like all, all the lights, like all the fixings in a, in a like Harrisburg in a farm center, farm convention center. It was ginormous. 3000 people literally showed up. I was like, up, I was like, wow, blown so, away. That's nuts. Do, what was the name of the venue or company or Oh rave my or God. Um, party Alliance. It was just a guy who was traveling yeah, around. Yeah, with yeah, his name is Rob Sijaversky, and not he owns a, um, an event company now to this day that's been like you know building since then. But like rather than do raves, he's more into like weddings and corporate now. Sure. But like at that point, it was like wow, he's literally pulling together this many people on his mm -hmm. own. <laughs> yeah, those those little like traveling entertainment companies have always interested me. There's people who do the glow parties with the paint. Yeah. He People. was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially I think when EDM, like this kind of buzzword was really hitting, it was, it was like this glow rave, yeah, like, suds, bubbles, yeah, whatever. 2011 thing. to like 14, <laughs> 15. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I, I feel like I kind of missed out on it. You know, I was in, I was in New York DJing like really, really focused until 2014 and, um, and then just like fell off the map. I was more like blog era, you know, yeah. um, but once like that EDM, everything world took over, I had pivoted out. What made you, what brought you into Pittsburgh and how have you interface with Pittsburgh? What's been the, the DJ in, in Pittsburgh experience? So I, I tried moving around one more time. Um, and then my buddy was like, after it failed out, he was like, yo, let's try moving to Pittsburgh. And if it doesn't work out, don't ever talk to me again. We're done. Like, right. Wow. So I jumped in the U-Haul with whatever I had in my room and just put my stuff in somebody's house and like went off. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. and um, w what was the never talk to me again thing? He was no because he had tried convincing me the first time, like come with me to this place and like you know it's gonna be good here, and then it didn't work out there like whatsoever. So he was like, do it again. If it doesn't work out, I'll never bother you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm like, all right. <laughs> this is it. This yep. was like your last chance. Yeah. We're, we're still friends to this day. But yeah. That's awesome. Shout out Charles, man. <laughs> what was your dad able to teach you when you finally told him, hey, I want to learn? Um, I don't think it was more so like, like DJ lessons per se, but like along the way throughout the years, he'll like come to one of my events and like just critique me, you know what I'm saying? Like during the event, like, Hey, you, or I DJ my cousin's wedding is like, Hey, you need to go let the song play out a little bit longer, bro. <laughs> come on. I love that. Yeah. So, but I think more so is just like, you know, like life and like business and like, you know, just, like, getting to go tell him, like, what I was experiencing at the time of the moment of the gig, you know, and just, like, moving forward from there. So a lot of a lot of old experience that way, like, throughout the years. But I think I learned a lot more from, like, Pittsburgh DJs. <laughs> uh, like, who, who, are, who do you look up to here? Um, I look up to people like Nugget, the Bonics, Yamez, like... Um, there, there's a bunch of DJs, Jakes, Four, Midas, like just the the, the old guard for real. I'm, I'm big Phil, like I'm sure I'm missing a bunch, but like just like the amount of work that you have to put in to go keep up a community like this is like you know hard, and it's to be like you know honored. So I I guess I'm like a chameleon a little bit of like everybody because I do come to a lot of people's gigs since I got here, you know. <laughs> like, Pete Butter. Pete Butter was like everything to me when I was like 22. <laughs> yeah, he he was um, a really, really good DJ. And I, I feel like Pittsburgh missed him when he when he moved to New York. But it was a natural progression. Yeah. No, like and people had, come and go, you know, he had the New York giant connection. Yeah. No, he, he's like that was like formative for me to, that he would actually let me sit in the DJ booth with him and just watch what he did. <laughs> yeah, the momentum is is crucial. I think in, in that kind of, um, you know, trajectory, people want to see that, like that you're progressing and yeah. you're, um, taking the reins. What, how do you describe your sound or, or kind of what you're, what you're trying to do with your music? Um, I, I guess the most important thing is that I want people to truly enjoy themselves and dance. <laughs> so whatever that takes, I'm willing to play. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm in DJing for, like, you know, college girls from Duquesne, I'm going to go play Taylor Swift. If I'm playing for my Latin party, Sasan, um, I'm going to be playing all kinds of Latin and Afro of variety of music, you know, just like what, whatever it takes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, is there a Latin scene in Pittsburgh? There, what, what's there, going on with the... There is, and it's kind of small, so I wanted to just, like, I feel like it's, like, underserved a little bit, so I wanted to go through, like, a, you know, outdoor summer once-a-month day party, like, for years to come now that I just started last month. Nice. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. That's uh, Blue Sky? This next one is at Blue Sky. The first one was at the Flats. Dope, dope. So I guess the venue isn't as important as, like, uh, um, is the, the idea. I w hopefully we find like a home maybe like sooner rather than later but like i want to go see what works and what doesn't and why it works and why it didn't first so i'm taking this first season essentially to go figure out the kinks and then go run it real good next year nice and you definitely want to do it outside yeah if as as much as i could do it outside i'm gonna try and do it outside and i like blue sky actually because it has like a complete cover for the dj booth if it rains like a solid like column approximately like 75 by 75 like above you nice i had a latin party at 5801 um at some point it did not last long we tried 
<laughs> it was, like, was uh, Moonbatone era. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so probably 2010, 2000, yeah. like 2010, 2011. Um, maybe, maybe earlier. Let me think. Maybe like 2009, 2010. Yeah. The what have been your play, favorite places to play? I know you play at Goldmark a lot. Yeah, Gold, Goldmark is up there. Um, shout out Nugget Man for letting me go throw this one night stand party for the last five six years. Oh, that's crazy! Wow. Yeah. wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we just had Bonix play the last one. That was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, I was there. It was a hell of a time. It was Thursday, right? Or it, it's, it's on Wednesday. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's on first Thursday. I lied. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> thought so. Up. Yeah. It used to be on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, so I guess if, I mean, if Bonix is in town and asks to play your party, like... Or, do, you, do you really say no? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what's up. Um, yeah, his set was interesting. It was like, you know, a lot of music I didn't know, which he he does that now. Like, he'll show up and just play all shit I've never heard before. Yeah, then I'm like... like Wow, that's amazing. But sometimes I kind of miss like the old Bonics. I just want like the like Tribe Called Quest and kind of old school hip hop. Yeah, well, I, I think that's with any artist for real. Like, I want the old Kanye back, but like, I don't think we're getting them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. It's maybe it's more on me than it is on them. Like, every artist wants to progress. Like, R Radiohead doesn't want to play Creep. Right. Uh, like, do you think if Nirvana was still around that they would play Smells Like Teen Spirit? Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, you, you don't think <laughs> no so? No fucking way, man. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine? Never, never. Yeah, yeah. I, it gets stale after a little bit, but that's with, like, anything. Even I've had to, like, you know, reinvent myself, like, musically, because I felt like I was being stale, you know? <laughs> tell me tell me more about that. Um, so I was, like, just kind of playing, like, top 40, top 100 gigs because I was literally trying to pay my bills. Like, then that's all that, that I could, like, get. You know, and then eventually, like the SoundCloud era, like took a huge boom, and I discovered like Selection Radio, and then I was like, "Yo, there's like this whole community out here that I want to like sound like and you know emulate." Like, <laughs> it was amazing. So I was like, "Okay, what do you want to do? I want to be. Um, my last name is Rivera. I want to play Latin music, you know, and then but like my roots is in like DJing open format through my father. So it's like I want to play a little bit of everything. I don't want to be pigeonholed to like one genre, you know. So eventually, like you know, I started like sliding around the electronic scene around here, um, like. 2015, I was throwing like a house music weekly in Southside. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, made connections like that, picked up a lot of music and friends along the way. So, like, I, I just like, I think if I were to describe my style right now, it'd be like, you know, like electronic music, hip hop, and like SoundCloud remixes and gems with nice. like a little bit of turntablism in between. I love that. What about, yeah, who wouldn't, who wouldn't get down for that? That's great. What about, like, making your own edits and production? And so um, I actually just created a, um, a new moniker, like, character, and it is going to be Aloe Vera. 
<laughs> Love that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's so natural. Yeah, so I, I um Dope. and it's such a part of the Latin like world too. I mean yeah, the aloe plant, aloe juice, yeah, like there, my mother in law so, used to feed me that stuff. Yeah, there, there's so many ways you can like <laughs> brand and slice it for real. Um uh, I like you can cure sunburns when you're in Florida. They'll crack that open for you if you get a little yeah. too much sun. It'll make you drink it. They'll be like, "You got to heal from the inside out." Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I um, like literally was like, yo, I, I mean, everybody knows, I guess, like DJ Alex Rivera in some form of way, like around like bar scene. Why don't I like focus on like being a producer now and go? Oh, sorry about that. And like, really take this seriously. It's like still ringing in my ears a little. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm clumsy. Um, Yeah, so I put out my first mashup like a few months ago. Oh, nice. Congrats. Yeah, and I'm um, I'm actually going to be trading DJ lessons with a colleague for production lessons pretty soon. Actually starting tomorrow. Sick. The, um, I'm trying to think of who I like as producers here. I mean, I know um, Tanner, no casino, yeah. bus crates. Obviously, I think if I were tr- if I really wanted lessons from anybody, I'd go to bus crates just because he's doing. I think the closest to what I'm interested in in terms of production is funk. You know, yeah. analog funk, analog synths, um, but and also melody. You know, I think you kind of have to choose. Am I going to make rap beats or am I going to make tunes am i gonna make melodies and for me it's like yeah i definitely want melody i definitely want songs i want to hear i want to make songs electronic music i i had been getting lessons from strobe that would have been like the number one person to go to back in the day (laughs) but obviously he's in canada now (laughs) um everybody was like fuck trump i'm moving to canada and Stro was like, no, dude, I already left. Yeah, <laughs> peace. <laughs> he was the one person who actually did it. Yeah, he was, he was serious. <laughs> Put his money where, he, where his mouth was. Love it. Nice, <laughs> nice work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's very much missed, though, I feel, in terms of, like, the actual house scene here. Yeah. Not uh, a lot of people that are really doing that. I mean, the, the house scene's kind of growing over here, but I think it kind of lacks, like, that, you know, like, seniorship like a little bit where like it's like hey here's like you know like we just had hip-hop history like there should be like a house music history like you know head that's like spearheading like stuff over here so people can be educated i am about like education of people musically that's like a big thing for me (laughs) that's dope yeah i know selecta definitely has deep crates you have his logo you got the yeah yeah Yeah, no, I just tattooed a 45 adapter on me when I was, like, 18, so people knew I was serious about DJing. Smart. Yeah, yeah like, let's fucking go. And then you can't change your mind. It's like when I got my wife's name tattooed on me. <laughs> like, you know, cover-ups are expensive. Yeah. Like, uh, so is divorce, obviously. So. Oh, oh, my God. I don't know. Talk about that. <laughs> so what, what other goals do you have? What are you thinking? I guess that's a big one is the production side, the new yeah. persona. I think that's such a good idea, by the way. I've talked to a few people about that. They're like, 
I can't figure out how to start this new project. It's like, well, just make a new name. Yeah, you know, just, it's, like, it's like a whole rebrand. Like, yeah. eventually I just want, like, you know, DJ Alex Rivera to, like, slot into, like, weddings and straight corporate stuff, you know? And then just, like, have this aloe vera thing be, like, what I truly focus on. Sick. Do you have a logo yet? Don't have a logo yet. Looking for, like, a solid graphic designer because this is going to be something that I'm going to be rolling with for a while. Do you know mm-hmm. uh, Zach Dubs? Zero Dubs? Yeah, I'm aware. No. Yeah, he's he's helping me with some things. If you're yeah, he did my um, he he did one of my first logos actually. Oh, the yeah. one with you in the middle. Uh, yeah, th- yeah, he did. Yeah, with the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, cool. Okay. And have you been doing some of that that corporate work and the weddings? Yeah, and the- I actually started shifting in that direction because I um I got fired from like a like a residency in like April and that was like what I was like you know kind of hung my hat on for a while and then I lost it. I was like you know what. I don't really want to DJ like, you know, bar kind of deal anymore. <laughs> I think I would rather, you know, be at somebody's mansion pool party, just like, you know, under umbrella, like having a water. <laughs> what do you think it takes to, you know, what do you think happened? Is it promotion? Is it like they're looking for a younger kind of crowd or it's just, I don't, I don't know what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, it, it just seems like, well, first I can only speak for what I've like encountered, but just like Southside seems like right now, um, and like for a while now since pandemic really that like, um, some people decided that like, um, I, Hmm. That, Fast money is more important than patron safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I don't. I'm not naming names or anything, but that's just, it. Just is what it is. <laughs> so I have decided to go move forward from that and go into corporate and weddings because I want to go celebrate life. Yeah, absolutely. I think my problem is probably. I want to celebrate life, but I'm totally uninterested in DJing corporate weddings. Oh, I feel that too. No, it, 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 it's a, it's a, there's no gig for me. No, I, oh, that's a horrible place to be in. I, I think what I've learned though is to like take enjoyment in other people's enjoyment, you know? And it's like, that's dope. Like, I, I might not like this song, but I know for a fact those 17 of them are going to love it if I play it right now. <laughs> I was uh, like, I've always been a bit of a troll and also just a kind of a, um, a nebbish is like the Jewish word for it. Just somebody who kind of gets under people's skin and intentionally agitates yeah. people. It's just something I've enjoyed. Even before the internet days, it was just, and, and the internet just makes it more fun. Um, but I remember, um, like I was DJing for Bonnex at one of these day parties, kind of like what you're talking about, like very corporate, like somebody's wedding or engagement party or something, you know what I mean? Out in the like sunlight in Washington PA or some shit. And I was just like covering for him when he went to the bathroom or to fill up his plate at the buffet or whatever. And it's like the kind of thing I would do, you know, for a couple of years of my life where I would just kind of. Go to, go to gigs with him, watch him work, fill in whenever he needed. Um, and the he had already introduced me to the lady whose party it was. At one point, I'm DJing. She comes up to me after I'd played like one song. Hey, I want you to play Black Eyed Peas, Meet Me Halfway. I look at her. I'm like, 
No fucking way. <laughs> that, that song is so bad. I just told her, I'm like, this. that's a fucking terrible song, and I'm not going to play it. Like, I could have just said I don't have it, right? right? You know, at that point, that's a legitimate excuse. Now... I don't know, Wi-Fi and everything. You can't really say uh, that anymore, can yeah, you? No, you can't really. That, that actually happened at my sister's wedding. The wedding DJ um, told us that he didn't have the song after we tried paying him. And then um, he, my mother came up and asked him because she's like, you know, responsible for paying for this wedding and, and was like, can you play this song? And he was like, I don't have Wi-Fi. Meanwhile, the entire resort has Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> so I stepped over there and said, hey, pal. I DJ for real. <laughs> yeah. And then um he got um somebody to come over and basically go tell my parents that if I don't step away from him that the whole thing was going to be over. Wow. So obviously I stepped away and wow. like you know Did he play the record? No. Yeah. <laughs> was it an important song? Uh, I I think my um my brother's girlfriend asked for Shakira. Yeah. And then somebody else asked for Mac Miller. <laughs> it was reasonable. Was it in Pittsburgh? No, it was in Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, like, Mac is like a very uniquely Pittsburgh thing. I mean, obviously it makes sense, but it definitely doesn't go as hard in other places. Right. Oh, like, no, oh, no. But like at the same point, it's like, you know, you have half the family from like Pennsylvania and the other half's from Florida. So like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I'm your boss right now. Play the song. We're, try we're trying to give you more money on top of the money you're already getting from this. Just play the song. <laughs> right, right. There's a time and a place for, for requests. Right, right. Like maybe like, not Goldmark. No. Like I'd, with the sign lit, but right. at a at a wedding, corporate gig, whatever. If I'm hiring you're, you, play my play my shit. You're literally responsible for people's joy as a de you're like they're they're like, you know, like like joy coordinator, like for real. So if you're at a like, you know, like an intimate setting like a wedding, why not? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, especially if it's a bride or like bridal party or anyone that's in the wedding, whatever mom, somebody who's paying me. I mean, I've obviously I've learned my lesson. I think in hindsight, I definitely would not have played Meet Me Halfway, but I would have just given a better excuse. I wouldn't have said that's a terrible fucking song. I would have said, like, I don't have it, maybe. Um, but I guess now, what would I have said? Uh-oh. Uh, I, I try to, like, skip around a little bit. Like, hey, um, I will get to it in, like, a little bit, but it doesn't fit with what I'm doing right now. And, that's like, very you respectful. Know, yeah. Yeah, long, I, though. I try, long uh, for a loud club. Uh, well, this is like wedding I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, like okay. never, never at a club. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't have time at the club. <laughs> like my hands are flying around so fast, and then somebody shoves like their phone up like that, and I'm like, yo. Oh, that's a new thing. Is that in uh, Snapchat or is there an app that they're using? I think it's Snapchat. Snapchat has yeah, like they a, have like a certain text font, and wow. then, like a certain color, and everybody just pulls it it's up. It's super and bright, like, and you can yeah, like hold up your phone. No, this this one time I, no, I was DJing the flats, and I apologized to whoever I did this to but I was like at that moment like wow this dude was in the corner like standing like on furniture essentially they have like a back bar or whatever and he like put up the fucking black and yellow snapchat sign and I can't read it obviously I'm 50 feet away in a yeah. dark place yeah. so I just flipped him a bird real quick <laughs> and then he actually apologized because he knows I can't read that <laughs> Uh, yeah, just, wow. yeah, but not at a wedding though. That's like not the place for that. Yeah, yeah. I had um, the last gig I played was a, a wedding for my buddy in Charleston, and it was actually really fun. I played on sticks and CDJs, which I had never done before. Oh, nice! It like, yeah, actually went pretty 
decently well. It's all kind of the same shit, right? You're just like dragging and dropping, not using a computer. You have like less distraction almost when you don't have the computer. Um, you can't do as much, but still I'm just blending records, right? I'm just like, the challenge was the names. Like all my shit is not tagged for yeah, like, like you know, that style. Like the names had all these numbers in front. <laughs> like, right. What the hell is this? Yeah. It's like one, two, three, four, seven, eight, nine, 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 Mac Miller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so that was challenging. But the point was I, I went beyond requests. I actually let this chick DJ, like there was, there was somebody who came up to me and was like, yeah, I have better music for this crowd than what you're playing. And, and I was like, come on, let's go. Please, please. <laughs> she, she just got back there and started playing all this like Lebanese music, like Palestinian records and like all this different stuff that the crowd was losing. It, it was fun. Nice. Yeah. For a second, she kind of lost steam because she couldn't do transitions. People don't realize how important transitions are. I think a lot of even DJs think that it's all about music selection. And it's actually, I think probably like less than 50%. I think the sequencing is probably like 30 and then the transitions are probably at least 20 yeah. or more. Yeah. I like your grading system. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad grading you know? system. Yeah. Uh, um, I think like, you know, you gotta make sure the song's right and definitely gotta make sure that like it blends smoothly together and the, it really matters on how you play it. Like always. It's like if you play it a certain way, that could be the moment that like takes off the energy for the entire party for the rest of the night. <laughs> like, and then you just have an easy night after that. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a really cool way to think about it. I think you can it can have the opposite effect, too. Right. You can play even one record that's poorly produced, like poorly mastered or like a low bit rate MP3 or just doesn't sound right oh, for yeah. the night yeah. or the wrong genre or whatever, like a bad remix with like shitty drums laid over the top. And, um, and that one, or you just play like a song too quiet. Like you haven't actually gone through your records beforehand yeah. and matched gains or whatever. Um, but I guess Serato does that for you now. Right? Uh, like to a certain extent, but like, you know, sometimes you can't get stuff and then you like, you know, perhaps rip it. I'm not saying that you should, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just, you know, you have to like, or here's a perfect example. In My Feelings by Drake came out, right? And, um, Kiki, Do You Love Me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That song was mastered so low the day that it dropped that when I dropped it for the first time, people were just like, what? Yeah, yeah. So like, I had to go make. Then they came out with the correction. I was like, thank God. But I had to like, yeah. They came out with the correction for that song. That's so interesting. I, I, um, there's a lot of of like albums and songs that come out in a certain form and then kind of shift and and transfer. And like, Kanye was the king of that. Oh yeah, Life of Pablo. That was crazy. One album, and nobody had the real album. And then the next one after that, he released with the Stemverter, right, or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. Where you had the machine and you could listen to it however you wanted to. Um, you could just hear the bass or the the vocals or whatever. Like you had to buy it with that. Box. Yeah, it was like a two hundred dollar box. I was like, "Come on, bro! Like, I'm just trying to go listen to this." It's <laughs> trying to push the art forward, right? It's like eventually, after you do college dropout and Yeezus and um, 808s and Heartbreak, you've already had the Rolling Stone kind of waxing poetic about how you're the greatest yeah, artist of the generation. What do you do after that? You're not just going to make another record. Like, you're not going to make another R and B record. So I kind of understand, but yes, it was also quite frustrating yeah, yeah. not having the record. Yes, I, even had yes. The record. I just wanted it. <laughs> the, 
And then there's a lot where there's censored versions that exist, but there's no uncensored version. Like Gimme the Loot, the Biggie Smalls record. Yeah. Um, there's also the Old Dirty Bastard. Um, uh, what's the name of that record? It's a collaboration with like Mariah Carey or one of the R&B singers where his whole second verse is completely reversed. It's all bleeped out. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I vaguely remember. I'm, I'm not picking it up right now. Watch things out. Hey, dude, maybe it's the Baby, I Got Your Money, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think it might be Baby, I Got Your Money. And the whole second verse is completely bleeped out. Yeah. Um, so it's like, nobody ever heard that second verse. I wonder no. what he's saying. Something <laughs> terrible. Probably. <laughs> Usually it's like, it's not like, it's not uh, profanity that gets kind of like permanent censored is the way I would describe it. There's some Eminem records that are like that too, where it's like, it's so bad that even the uncensored version is censored. No, I'm struggling right now to get, cause like, for instance, I have a 13 year old's birthday party coming up. I literally don't know how to play that. And they want hip hop primarily. It's yeah, like, yeah. okay, what are your parents comfortable with? And yeah, yeah, what, yeah. like, cause like now, now you put a clean version. It's not always like, clean. oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, the content itself yeah. is, is not really appropriate, but I guess you can get all those clean edits from, whatever break the crate yeah, i or, think now we're moving to like squeaky clean i've seen yeah i've seen two different since i was yeah. a kid there's always been like a squeaky clean version but i wish that we huh. would shift to that more often because like literally I, I i dj at a bunch of places where i should not be playing even sometimes the clean version now <laughs> i've made it a like a uh, just a habit of not collecting censored records i think it's weird because I was such a radio DJ. You know, I did like four or five years on college radio total, at least two years here in Pittsburgh at PTS, almost three years, and then another couple of years in Boston. And I loved it. It was one of the, like my favorite things that I've done. But now you don't need censored music, right? I'm doing a radio show now. I can say whatever right. I want. Yeah, yeah. we're and, in podcast, internet, radio era for sure. Yeah, so I'm done with collecting edits. I think the person who kind of, helped me into that world was the um he's like a like a hip-hop dj in la named hiphopphilosophy.com is like the website what's his name hiphopphilosophy.com whatever he's the the biggest hater dj you've ever met it's insane <laughs> oh he hates drake he says you know uh like everybody fell off to him. You can't, you can't tell him nothing. (laughs) There's only like one or two people that he still approves of. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, everybody fell off, but he, he gave me a couple important pieces. One was don't collect, don't, don't play censored music. Like just play the original version, whatever. And the other one was don't play beats without drums. You know, yeah, you like, need some drums. <laughs> all these records now that are just coming out with uh, it feels like they forgot the damn drums. I mean, Travis Scott's album. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna hold my thoughts on that one. Did you like it? <laughs> no, I'm I'm getting like a little older now. I, I don't even know. I don't know if 29 is like old. 30? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to turn 30, but like I'm like at a point where I'm like, yo, are we really still doing this? <laughs> you can't dance if there's no drums, right? You can't right. feel it. 
you can't feel it if there's no drums. And I get it. Like you can always make a redrum or whatever, but I don't know. I saw a, f a photo of the studio that it was made in. It's like all these white walls and I don't know. It's like Johnny Depp's studio or Brad Pitt's studio. Or yeah, I think it was like, like Brad Pitt's studio. And like France. And fucking, fuck, man. Like, yeah, it sounds like it was made there with all that leather and white leather and right. beautiful I, white leather I, couch. Like, I think the, for me, the mo like music should be truly relatable. Like if you're trying to like party to it or like, you know, get around your day to day. <laughs> and I don't feel like I relate to a lot of the music that comes out these days. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last album that came out that really got me excited. All right. <laughs> I was really, really, really feeling the Oppenheimer 70 millimeter edit that I saw two nights ago. I didn't even know that existed till just now. <laughs> did you see the film? No, I did not see the film. Oh, I, so, I have to go sit down. <laughs> so you can't see it in 70 millimeter analog in Pittsburgh. It doesn't exist. Our IMAX at the waterfront is just two like digital projectors. There's no film, but I wanted to see the film, so I went to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and saw the film the yeah. night before my interview oh my on Tuesday morning. That's wild. Yeah, they started at 10 a.m. though, so I was fine. But the movie did get out at like 1:15. It was like 10:15 p.m. to 1:15. I was very proud of myself for not peeing. I, I, yeah, that's a long one, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but you know. It's like the entire wall, right? It's like IMAX the way you remember it with the entire wall, just this massive 50-foot screen that goes straight up to the sky. And, you know, that's where that's what Christopher Nolan shot it for, right? He want, Like, it was filmed in 70 millimeter for a reason. It was filmed for that. So go, go see it, folks, if you haven't. Although, I don't know. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but no, I'll just say good things about it. It's incredible that what he was able to do with only one explosion, basically. Yeah. I mean, the whole film is like centered around this and it's just one. And he's able to capture people's attention for three hours. It's pretty remarkable. And it's, it's a biopic, right? Yeah. When was the last time you had a blockbuster biopic? True. This is true. Crazy. Um, dope. What else do you do uh, aside from DJing? Like when, what do you, when you wake up on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, what do you, what do you do? I go to the personal trainer. Everybody should go take care of their health if they don't already. Oh, yeah. amen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Food, food, especially food and, and exercise, man. Those are my big two things. Yeah. And then like, you know, I take care of like, you know, business emails, phone calls, text messages or whatever throughout the day. And then I'm practicing scratching and, you know, music research. I, I just DJ. <laughs> Dope. How do you organize your music? Um, I'm the most unorganized DJ on the planet. I am so bad. Like, I want to be better, and I'm probably going to go have people help me do it. But, like, I, I have, like, a scrambled brain, but, like, my method works for me. And I'm sure that goes for, like, a bunch of DJs. Um, I kind of, like, you know, whatever event I have to go get ready for, I like to put in, like, reference tracks for that like event specifically or if it's like a recurring event and i know i'll play it a lot and whatever i use that i know works i'll just like throw it in there and, and just keep on going and these are crates in serato or are these are the actual yeah, inser inserato. Like on your computer somewhere no in serato the folders on your computer it's just a, anything's anywhere you have hard yeah, drives yeah, computers, yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. computers just cds mm -hmm. dvds sitting around 
Yeah, I got like jump drives. Yeah, I have like four thousand records sitting in my house right now. I'm like, wow. The vinyl? Yeah. Wow. A lot of LPs or mostly singles. Uh, singles, promo singles, LPs, promo singles, like double albums, like forty fives. I got a couple forty fives, but I'm probably gonna get like three hundred more pretty soon or so. Yeah, but I have to go find covers for them right now. <laughs> it's all everything's blank, like. They're all with no sleeves. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's my grandfather's forty-five record collection. He he passed away. That's actually why I became a full-time DJ too. So now my dad's trying to pass me off those forty-fives um, because I'll be the one that's going to be keeping them for a while now. Oh wow! Yeah. Y- and you know they're in good shape. Yeah, they're, it's my dad. It's my granddad. <laughs> they're going to be in great shape. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you have an idea about what kind of music is that like uh, Motown? No, or? A lot, a lot of Spanish Funk music. Uh, oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, my, my dad's Puerto Rican, and you know, my grandfather's Puerto Rican, so just like a lot of like you know Latin diaspora records. Sick. Yeah, that'll be fun. Fun going through. Yeah. Dude, this <laughs> one's not very good. I got this from, um, I think my buddy Carlton gave me that at his wedding. It was like part of, one of the party favors. Yeah, it's cool. I like some. Uh, I kind of like the forty fives that don't have the big hole. Yeah, yeah. No, I I enjoy them too. Um, yeah, I got to get my forty five game up. I need to start getting back to the record store, but I have a problem, man. <laughs> like I go in there, I'm like, yeah, I could just drop like this much, but the answer is no, no you can't. <laughs> It's an investment, right? It's a business investment. It, 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 I don't know about like collecting records. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been in record shops since like birth, basically, and just like you know, like that's just in my soul to go buy a bunch of records for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't get to do any record shopping in Detroit. I wish I could. I wish I. Had oh, some that would have been sick. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great great place. Still a lot of. A lot of places to go. Um, what was it? The Rock Shop or... Anyway, um, have you done any traveling? Have you been able to get out of Pittsburgh a little or play, yeah. play back in New York at all? Uh, yeah, my DJ career has taken me a ton of places, actually. I, um, I got to go play in New York with Yamez um, in Brooklyn at this place called Union Pool. Oh, I know they, Union Pool. Yeah, yeah. That, that was an amazing experience. I was, like, playing local Pittsburgh rap, and they were dancing to it, like, no sweat. It was Sick. amazing. Sick. Yeah. And then um, I have went on tour with Wu-Tang Clan as an opener, um, for two weeks on their 25th anniversary tour f- with my rapper. Um, Who's your rapper? His name is Dylan Cooper. Yeah. Um, he has gone on tour with them internationally a few times. He's like a very talented hip-hop artist. Sick. Yeah, one day I was like DJing at Scenario on a Friday night, and he called me and was like, yeah, uh, you want to come on tour with me with the Woo? And I was like, yeah, I think <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> wow. Did you get to meet? And hang out with Wu Tang at all? Yeah, we were on like tour buses with them, um, green room. Like I was like, you know, hanging out with, like Capadonna. Um, at the end of the trip, I got Rizzo to go sign my dad's record. Um, it was like a pretty sick experience. I'm not gonna lie, but it was also like a double edged sword for me because like I can never forget it now. <laughs> like at that point in my career, I was like not ready like on a hand skill level like to like compete like i was on stage with like um jedi mind tricks dj and wu-tang's dj and then we're in the back in the green room like yeah 
this is crazy. So ever since that trip, I've been like trying to just practice my hand skills so that the next time I get back to these stages again, that I'm like, yo, I'm ready to go be here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go and like get back in the dojo. Yeah. Get to the Yamas and Bonics. Literally. Dr. Dap yeah, kind of yeah. scratching level. We opened for Jedi Mind. We brought them, I think, to um, Mr. Smalls one time. And I opened for them with with my rapper, MH The Verb. Nice. <laughs> I didn't really like DJing for, for rap shows. I did a lot of it because it was like what was happening at the time. Yeah. But man, it was pretty obnoxious when people would be handing me their CDs five minutes before they would go up. And I'm trying to install the, the oh, tracks oh. onto my MacBook. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to like install the songs onto oh. the hard drive because if you play them off the CD, the actual spinning CD freezes and then the people get really upset. Yo, I missed that whole era by a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And for that, thank I'm God. thankful. <laughs> <laughs> you should thank God every night for that shit. Yeah, like I had my bunch of disturbances during those kind of events, but like, wow, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Literally just walking up on stage handing you the cd you pop it in and there's no time like, oh, there's the, no time you remember how slow the computers were back then like the macbook the original yeah, white yeah. macbook with that little trackpad that oh, didn't I, st work? I still have it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and then they'd be upset with you it's like we we said on the mic bring up your jump drive at the beginning but nobody Nobody did. Or just even before the show, just like handle that kind of stuff before the show. That but then I didn't have any extra slots for a jump drive probably because oh, those they yeah. never had extra USB slots. Those oh, computers always had oh, like yeah. too few. Um, what a mess. Yeah. that I, I liked like the energy of hip hop shows. I liked Z Lounge. You know, I liked the venues. I thought like the HCon Hookah Lounge was super fun when it was cracking spice cafe we used to do in oakland um peter's pub we did a ton in oakland and the energy was fun you know i like the energy of a live performance in fact i'd rather do live performance than dj i think like djs kind of get disrespected sometimes you end up feeling a little bit like maybe they're waiting for something else to happen like when you're not headlining like a Vegas level show with fireworks and fucking sparks and shit. And even when you are like, I've gone to what's the spot in that, that used to be the Rex in Southside. Oh, Enclave. Enclave. Yeah. 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 So I've gone there and they've got fucking sparks shooting up in the air and people are fucking CO2 cannons and shit. And people yeah. are standing around talking and looking at their cell phones. I'm like, I don't, like, I don't no, want to be the DJ if shit like that's happening. No, well, I, I actually was, like, the second-week DJ of, like, Enclave. Um, I, I think that, like, you know, the, the club culture has shifted, like, across America, honestly, where it's, like, you know, we're trying to impress each other, sell bottles and music that influences bottle service, you know? And um, it's sad, but hopefully one day we get back to dancing in those kind of establishments again. <laughs> Yeah, you, you wonder what it will take. I guess a shift in the music, maybe. like Yeah, and, it, and it's starting a little bit. You got, like, Drake putting out a house album, and then, like, Beyonce's putting out Renaissance with a lot of dance music, and it's not really, like, the 808, like, club bangers, like, anymore. Um, I'm, I hope there's, like, a huge shift in the next couple of years because I've been kind of bored with the music that's been coming out. And not to say that there's a lot of awesome music out there, don't get me wrong, and I'd, like, stay on top of that, but, like, 
you know, I've been, I've said to myself, like, okay, if there's not going to be that much music coming out that I truly enjoy, I'm going to be the sickest at throwbacks. <laughs> Straight up, whatever I could get. Absolutely. I want to play some of those throwback parties. I want to play like those 90s, 2000s, MySpace night, like, you know, tall tees, whatever, like those ones where it's where they're trying to do my shit. I feel like I'm seeing people that are playing music from when I was DJing right. 2006 yeah, to 2009, like <laughs> they're trying to do what I did. Right. It's like, you weren't there. How are you going to be the guy? I mean, I get it. It's cool. Whatever. Try. But like, I remember that shit. Like put me in, let me play that fucking lick yeah, me like a lollipop. Sure, sure. I remember it. No, even crazier is tall T's now has like a new sect of the party in the, for the 2010s. <laughs> Look, imagine that. <laughs> How could that be a throwback? That to me is like yesterday. That's so funny. Right. I mean, like, some of the stuff from, like, you could literally go back as, like, 2010 and, like, play some truly, truly interesting tracks. <laughs> but I guess it, it leaves a lot of creativity because we did just finish a whole decade, you know? Like, yeah, I can't see 2010s as throwback. Like, 2018, 2019, you can play a record from there and people still think it's new. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, so I don't know. I'm not buying it. Yeah, and I think I think your average consumer just doesn't really care about music these days. <laughs> Is do you think music videos matter? Um, I I think that they matter to the right person, but I feel like a, a lot of like quality of the music videos have kind of gone out the windows. Like you like you're not knocking down like somebody's door and be like, yo, did you see this music video? <laughs> like, not really anymore. Like, yeah, those ten. You know, when it was a huge deal that Michael Jackson was spending a hundred million dollars on a music video, like when he when he did Thriller and did music videos for, you know, five, six songs. And um, when he was making like movies, and nobody was like, well, you do a 30 minute long movie for a song. You know, I guess the format has kind of changed, right? People are looking at their phones vertically more now. Yeah. Nobody wants to turn that shit to the side. Yeah. yeah TikTok era is crazy. <laughs> like, uh, I, I wish I jumped on sooner. <laughs> is it, do you feel like it's a viable way to blow up as a DJ? Yeah, it, it literally is. Um, if, if you have like, you know, the right hashtags and like, you know, um, amongst other factors, like the way that you position, like your, your, um, like your your video clip, like when you like the, I forget what it's called, but like the um the it basically does a little boomerang when you're like looking at like the screen on TikTok, and if your the content is engaging, somebody is more likely to go click on that. Yeah, and then um the I'm sure the algorithm for TikTok is like way more open than Instagram right now, which is why people flock to it so quickly. And like, you know, you can, can get like, a, you know, 2 million views, like B-Rim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Like I know for a fact that I get pulled into the Instagram, you know, I, I wish I could just post in ghost and, and, and like make things. And Instagram has been really good to me. Don't get me wrong. The, the croc mode page now I can, post things that I'm very interested in and consistently get like thousands of impressions and 40 likes or so it's like, it's doing better than the, than my page yeah. where I have more followers, whatever. I think because of this, because of the you know podcast and because 
I've, I'm doing it completely organically. You know, I'm not like using any help or, or yeah. trying to do it in any kind of, um, artificial way. And then just bringing in everybody, like everybody who's, who's got any heat in Pittsburgh that I like that I, you know, that I trust and I think is actually has some talent and, and is doing it for the right reasons and is passionate and cares, just bring them all in. And then they, you know, their fans come and see my shit. Um, so I don't know though. TikTok is tough to think about. I want to post some routines. Maybe I think it would be good for me to get me, get my chops yeah, back and things like that. But yeah, routine videos. I, I've I've kind of like tried to treat it like a lifestyle kind of page. So like, hey, here's what I did last night, <laughs> and you know, try to keep it like engaging a little bit. I haven't been on in a little bit though. I should get back to that. My my goal for TikTok is to try and get one gig like off TikTok, like out of town. Is that um so? what would be the perfect number of, of gigs for the week? Like, like, like on, on a week to week basis for me. Yeah. Um, like three to five. I've, I've had times where I've like, you know, DJed seven times during the week, two, three times in one day, you know, <laughs> get busy. <laughs> you don't get burned out. I've been doing this for, I mean, like you, you get burned out at some point, but that means you have to have like ways to go recover quickly from the burnout. So I try to like, you know, keep it fresh, like, and like just do different stuff all the time. Like, like and for real, the personal trainer has been like helping me a lot with like burnout and stuff, because if you're like working on your body, then you're, you know, less prone to the burnout. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, definitely have to exercise, man. That's crucial. Get that cardio in. Mm-hmm. Eat eat right. Don't believe the hype. Shop on the outside of the grocery store. Eat food that looks like food. <laughs> eat food that looks like food. That don't is eat, important. Don't eat food with ingredients. <laughs> yes. That's uh that's my advice. Yeah, like you know, um anything you get burnt out for, like if you're there long enough, but it's a matter of like you know, doing stuff in between that helps out. Um, I was like, you know, I'm kind of like playing the same gigs all the time. And then I ended up picking up a radio show through Make Sure You Have Fun FM. Oh, dope. Yeah. So I have like, you know, three episodes out right now. And it's like stuff that I truly, truly enjoy. And that's my release, you know, to go like, you know, like change it up from what I do for money on a weekly basis. Dope. Is it uh, any talking or is it just music? Um, just music. I, I talked in one of them for a little bit, but I'm not like really much of a talker. I just learned the microphone like this year, literally. <laughs> well, well, thanks for doing the podcast. Man. Oh, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, this is helping me out for real. <laughs> yeah, mic skills are are interesting. I I wonder if I would still have it. You know, I used to show up at parties in Pittsburgh and just yell on the mic at Diesel. Nuggets game. Uh, you're, you're braver than me. Dude, I, I was like an MC, man. I used to MC like events at the med school. I would MC, you know what I'm saying? I had a whole like rap show as my send off in New York when I was had my going away party at, I don't know, pianos or wherever. The, I think pianos. Yeah. I was up on stage rapping and wrapped in a towel, just putting myself out there, man. No, I feel that I had, I had, um, I was at a point where like I would DJ parties and I would like try to DJ it. So I didn't have to use the microphone cause like I was like real scared for a moment. And then I had to go work in a strip club for a couple of months 
And then literally, that is where I picked up my microphone voice from because you can't be scared to say anything in there. Like literally, you have no um, fear. Cheerleaders? No, it was the Spearmint Rhino. Oh, dope. How was that? Um, it, it was cool. I got treated nicely over there for the most part. Um, not, not you know, something I wanted to like, you know, do full time, but like, I'm glad that I picked up the skills that I picked up out of it and, you know, made some money along the way. Any good stories? No, there's no good stories. There's none. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually, um, Bonnick set me up to go, like, do that, because, like, I, I was, like, like about to be in the middle of, like, a lawsuit or so, or so I thought, ended up not having, happening, but I took that gig, and then I was working, like, 50 hours a week on top of my regular gigs. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I guess, like, they, they have long hours, right? I mean, you're open from... Oh, they, they had me running, like, 4 p.m. They, they had me running, like, 4 p.m. to, like, 3.30 a.m., for like the first like month that I worked there, like but on weekends, you're just, you're just <laughs> losing so many other gigs. It's not worth it, right? No, like no, I would it, do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday well, night, I, maybe. I, I ended up being able to talk to them and be like, "Hey, I have a gig on this day, and uh, I can't be in for this," you know. Yeah, and yeah. then they would. We had like you know a rotation of DJs or whatever, and somebody else would cover for when I had to go out for an actual gig. <laughs> an actual gig, or, or yeah. like you could, um, like have somebody come in and do the night part. Like you could do the day party or whatever and like play until 6 p.m. and then have somebody come in and do 10 to 2 or whatever. Yeah, something like um, that. But yeah, you spread yourself too thin, man. Shit like that where it's like an everyday thing. I mean, I have DJs that come on here that get interviewed who have nine to fives. And I just, I always ask like, what do you, where do you think your DJ career would be if you were able to give it your all, if you yeah. were able to give 100%? Yeah, I had to make a decision a while ago about that. Um, I was at a $15 an hour job, like 2015, and then I was, like, getting a bunch of gigs, but I was, like, at that, like, cusp of where I'm, like, do I, like, quit my job right now and just do this? And I was scared, you know, and that's a theory. <laughs> that's a thesis of my DJ career, scared, you know, like... All right, I got to figure this out. So then my grandfather passed away, and then my job would not let me off of work to go, like, be with my family directly after. And I quit my job in the morning, and I have been not with the job since December 23rd, 2015, just DJing. Dude, congratulations. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I uh, tried to get away from my residency when my mother-in-law died. She was in Florida and... You know, it was like a really tough time with residency. It was quite busy. I asked the chief resident, I was like, I, I really need to be with my wife. I really need to like support her right now. And, and you know, we need to go. He's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, so I think, you know, there's these whole anti-work like Reddit um, boards where they talk about, I don't know, just how fucked up capitalism is and truly the way the system is just designed to grind as much effort out of the worker as possible for the least possible, you know, payment and, and uh, compensation yeah. and really how our bosses own everything. And we're just kind of fighting each other over these little scraps. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up when you think about it. And, um, I think 
it's, it won't last, right? It never has. You look at history, look at French Revolution, American Revolution, Spanish Revolution. All the, sorts of revolutions. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. Anytime <laughs> there's been a system like this where there's this much discrepancy between the haves and have-nots, eventually it, it can't stand. No, there's People a bubble for everything like that. <laughs> People are pissed, and it will really, de- you know, the way it goes will be determined by what happens with the wealth that's generated by artificial intelligence. So clearly this new technology is going to change everything. We're going to have, (laughs) you know, truckers won't have jobs anymore. McDonald's will, you know, it'll all be automated. All these jobs are going to be automated away. And the question is, what do we do with all the wealth that's generated by not having to have all these employees? Because you can make so much more profit. The whole, cost of making a hamburger at McDonald's, 90% of the cost is hiring somebody to make it. No. 10% is the food cost, right? So as soon as you start turning over all of that new profit by taking the monkey out of the machine, I don't know if I want to use that analogy, uh, by, by not hiring people anymore, um, you got to find something to do with it. And if it all goes to the richest 1%, 10% in America... People are going to come with pitchforks, man. It's not even pitchforks, like, you know, umbrellas and yeah. lasers for the for the drones and whatever else. Like, it's not going to be good. Yeah, like, our whole country is deteriorating right now. It's insane to watch, like, real time. Like, I, I don't even know if I've ever known a time of peace around here since I was born. <laughs> I remember the um, G20 riots in Pittsburgh. Um G20. I don't know how to say riots, protests. Yeah, that was like 2013. That's when I first moved here. Yep, yep, yep. So I was there. I was in Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville was insane. I was there at the protests and they had this tank that was like a noise tank. It was just, it had this weapon on it that just like a, made like sound. Like a, a raid siren, like, like on that kind of level. Oh yeah. yeah. It was a sound cannon that was designed to disperse crowds. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got this little speaker that's going. And that's just what they're willing to show you. Disperse, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the bomb they used to, to kill the guy that the Dallas police had a, a bomb on a robot. Yeah. And they sent, there was like a, some kind of guy barricaded somewhere and they sent a robot with a bomb on it to go kill the guy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and they did. They, they killed him with a robot. Yeah. Oh, that's tried and proven literally. <laughs> Yeah. That, and that's against our own citizens. No trial, no no judge, mm. no jury. Mm. I mean, it just is what it is. That's where I stand. I'm just trying to be safe and make some money in between. Well, then don't DJ <laughs> in the South Side. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm practically done, it looks like, right now. It's just like, I, I know too many people that, like, have been, like, directly affected or know somebody that's been affected by, like, some of the violence that's been going on there. And it's pretty sad. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge deal. I really am not that well educated about it. I've been learning about it from you you all from, you know, but I, I definitely went down and, and hung out with Climax at Enclave once. I, as I was leaving, there was a shooting and all the cop cars were driving everywhere. Yeah, and no, it was, it was I, like one o'clock. I was the last DJ for Jimmy D's before they closed um, for the summer. They, 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 there was three shootings that night. Yeah. Jimmy D's closed? They're not closed forever, but they're taking a hiatus till the college kids come back because of what's been going on. 
Jesus. Somebody just asked me if I wanted to teach you. They're, no, they're, <laughs> coming, they're, they're coming back, but like, you know, they're like, so like yeah, no. And then, we can't I was, pay you very I, much. No, but. I, was, I was DJing the security, like ran up the stairs. It's like 1.52 p or a.m. I should say. And then he was like, turn the music off and all the patrons got to go out the back door. They had one shooting. It was a domestic. There was one shooting outside on between 17th and 18th Street by Jimmy D's. That's why he ran up the stairs. And then there was one on um, 13th Street with a fatality. What do you think? Do you do you ever think about like what the answer is or what what could be done? I have heard you know rumblings from the you know people that own stuff around here about how some of these meetings go and it looks like they're not trying to go deal with the root of the problem because this is not a south side problem it is a pittsburgh problem right but apparently this problem keeps on moving from you know neighborhood to neighborhood throughout decades as it you know continues and nobody's like fixing the root of it and i'm not sure what the solution is because if i did i'd tell you (laughs) yeah yeah i mean I think that it probably has something to do with the cheapening of life, that there are people who don't have a lot of meaning in their lives for one reason or another, whether it's a lack of opportunity, probably poverty, lack of... Um, yeah, it, it was a bunch of factors that just hit all at the same time in the neighborhood. Like it was uh, like it was like basically a powder keg waiting to happen. But like it's just sad that it went as fast as it did. Like, I, I don't feel safe out there when I'm finished at work. <laughs> yeah, I I worry when I think about taking one of those gigs about like walking out with my gear. Yeah, no, I, I DJ the flats. I'll sit in the bar till the crowd disperses out on Carson Street, like literally. And then I'm going to go to my car because like I'd rather be going to my car when there's five people on the street than 700. With that big backpack. That's yeah, like- yeah, all my stuff. Like sometimes I bring a turntable to like Sky Bar or something. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was in Miami um, pretty recently. Got a photograph of this guy walking out of um, one of my favorite bars down there. It's um, the Beachcomber. It's like um, just like a great day party. And the DJ was cool. He was like a really nice guy. I got to meet him. He was walking out with both of his CDJs in his arms like this. Oh, my God. Back, back on two <laughs> CDJs, no case. And he yeah. was just walking down, um, walking down Collins. And I was thinking like, what would, you know, w- would anyone do that on Carson Street? I don't know. I probably wouldn't. No, it's not somewhere. It's like, I hope it turns around soon, but like, you know, it's going to take a group effort from a lot of people to like really, really think about like what you want next for the neighborhood. <laughs> Cause as it is, this can't really stand like this. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, fortunately, there's a lot of other places in the city to play, right? It's like Lawrenceville, right, right. Northside. Yeah, no, I've, I've like, downtown. I've, I've even taken it a step further and tried shifting completely out of bar gigs as much as I can. Only, I, I, I want to get into like throwing events like my Sasson party or whatever. And, you know, like Dr. Dap, like tonight even has his um, Daps, and, um, Daps and Hugs party, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, one of them. Think, Dap, yeah. Daps and Pounds, Daps yeah, and Hugs. Oh, it's, it's Daps and Pounds. Somebody. Yeah, it's Daps and Pounds yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great like, Daps. 
from that guy, by the way. Yeah, so like, thank I, God. I, I think that like the key here is to like try to get get the money from like the corporate, like the wedding side, and then take that money and go get into throwing your own events, like straight up from this point. Have you talked to Nugget about plenty? Um, I, I haven't really talked to him about plenty, but I do get some residuals from that direction, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably have like the plenty and then like the, like the, you know, like if none of them can take the yeah. gig, like who yeah. gets it next? Something like that. Who knows? Um, yeah, I think the investment in, in weddings, if you already have the gear, you already have the know-how, it's, it's a, you know. It's like an easy. Oh, it's simple math. <laughs> like, Especially yeah. if you can get the booking yourself and you don't have to split the check with anybody. Right. And go DJ the wedding. They give you a bunch of money and they give you a meal usually. And you don't have to worry about anything happening to you on your way to the car for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of my favorite gigs have been weddings and, and, and bar mitzvahs. I used to hit bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah get, uh, circuit in Pittsburgh when I was here. I just started doing um like Indian like events. Oh yeah, uh, um I recently did like I guess I'm I'm sorry for saying this. I'm not sure what it's called at the moment, but like the Indian version of a bar mitzvah. Um, that was yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. I know quinceanera. Yeah, I know no, I, um, debutante ball. Have you ever I, heard of the debutante ball? No. Oh, that's a southern um, like uh, southern U.S. thing. So like when a, a woman girl turns 15 or whatever in the South, in some places, um, Georgia, Tennessee, okay. South Carolina, something like that, they still in some places have this debutante ball where she comes out and becomes a woman. <laughs> That's good. It's, yeah. it's a king. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the same deal. Same you know, exactly. every every culture has that King's kind of yeah. Mitzvah, but apparently, there was like um like a bunch of like you know Indian DJs around here like back in the day that had like this circuit on lock, right? Wow. And they never passed it off to anybody. So every time I go do one of these events, I get like five phone numbers right after. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's sick. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. There's uh, so many ways to. To make money DJing, right? There, like, there literally is. It's like if, if one lane closes, there's like a hundred more to go do. I'm like doing world music now. <laughs> that's what's up. And I hope the um, production thing and the like electronic music thing takes off too. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to take a, like a lot of effort. It's like I'm like a neophyte in production for real. And I'm going to have to have my friends teach me like literally from scratch like a child. Like, hey, you need to go drag this here and here's why. Like, <laughs> I mean, we can we can do intro to Ableton. Uh, are you thinking Ableton? Or are you going to try? Um, I'm going to be doing FL I'm, Studio. I'm treating um, production like DJing, and I'm going to go focus on everything. Dope. Like, Dope. Yeah. Well, if you want Ableton, you, you teach me a couple patterns after this. I'll give you a couple Ableton. We'll make it happen. Feel that. Like turn that. on the air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, AC for sure. <laughs> Um, do you want to plug any any of your shows coming up or um, anything else you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, so um, I have... Um, let me see. Uh, I, I think the main thing is my um, Latin Afro dance party, Sasson. Um We have that on August 26th at Blue Sky Kitchen and Bar. Um, we have Secretos de Mis Abuelos, which is a Puerto Rican restaurant imprint around Pittsburgh that I used to work for during the pandemic. Yes. And they're going to be there with the buffet on site, but Blue Sky will also be serving the same food that they have in the kitchen there. You can get a ticket online. Um... And we have Yamez is like my partner for this party as well. So he's getting, he's like such a solid DJ. You already know. Uh, yeah. Um, what else do I got going on? 
Um, not, not too much. Just trying to like, you know, take it one day at a time. Like for real. Um, every day is a blessing. Like literally. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically all I got for now. Dope, dope. That's what's up. And so, I mean, I've seen your, I see your name all over the gold mark too. You've got. Uh, aren't you playing there Thursday or is that? Yeah, that's the one night stand party. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. your party. So yeah, yeah. First Thursday. Yeah, first Thursday of the month. I'm at the Gold Mark, and then for the um, I think next summer. Um, and that's with JX4 and Nugget. No, no, that's just with Nugget. But we've started like taking guests. Like we had Doctor Jap the other day. We had um Jay Roberts from Los Angeles. We had um Bonix, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And that was like the last three months. Sick. Yep. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Yes, sir. Alex Rivera. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah, Aloe yeah. Vera. Aloe Vera. I love that. Yeah, look out for Aloe Vera, man. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs>